KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. You know, I've been obviously 27 years at Notre Dame, and then the Newman job opens up, and I had two daughters who went to Newman, and I knew what the community was like. And um, I thought, wow, if I'm ever going to do it, this is the time to do it. Fortunate enough that Newman took a chance on me, and I was thrilled to death. And our guest this week, Mary Beth McNichol. She is the head women's basketball coach at Division Three Newman University in Aston. And Mary Beth, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. So as we are talking here, early September, school just started. Kind of what is life like for you? What's the focus right now? Uh, this is a little bit of a hectic time. Uh, we are, you know, trying to get uh, our team together, everybody on the same page, gear order, because, you know, at Division Three we have to, you know, do it all. And this year, for the first time, the NCAA is allowing us to meet with our players outside of the window of October 15th to your last game. And so we are actually going to start four weeks before that October 15th date. And we're really excited about that because this is the first time we've ever been permitted to do that before. So we're, we're two weeks away from getting on the court and we're really excited about that. Do you feel that you start to get the itch the same time every year as far as the anticipation and the excitement for the season? Like, are there certain benchmarks when you could almost tell you're you mentally, if even subconsciously, it ramps up for you? Right. So for Division Three, I mean, July is real heavy with recruiting. And then we I always try to step back in August and try to refresh and go on a vacation. And then that, as soon as we get back from Labor Day, that's when it kind of all hits you that it's around the corner. And I've been coaching a long time and still have that itch. So, you know, as long as you still have that feeling that you're excited to be back on the court, you stay in the game, you stay in the coaching game. So let's talk a little bit about your career growing up. Was it basketball all the time for you or were you playing all different kinds of sports as a kid? Um, I, you know, played a little bit of softball in grade school, but once I hit high school, it was pretty much all basketball. Grew up in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania, St. Lawrence Parish, played there, and then on to Archbishop Prendergast. And, um, you know, we, we had a pretty good program and squad when I was there, and everybody was pretty much all basketball at that time. What was it about the sport that you loved as a kid? I found myself, you know, um, really taking a lot of time and practicing on this, you know, the skill work. And I really, I love being able to just go out and work. You know, I was a shooter. So of course that's, that was my main goal, taking a lot of shots. I always felt like um, I was in a good place when I was out shooting, but I love the competition of the game for sure. Um, and I love the, the camaraderie with teammates. You know, most of my friends were basketball players and, you know, that probably was the biggest, you know, thing for me. Did you feel like you were good when you were young? Like, did you feel like you were one of the better kids out there on the playground or whatever? Definitely not. I was a late bloomer. I didn't even play varsity as a sophomore in high school, which is unheard of today. If you were a good player, finally, you know, got on varsity as a junior and started um, halfway through that year started. But I just I was a late bloomer and got better and better each year. Even when I played at Villanova, I felt like each year I got better and better. Being the late bloomer, could you feel almost when the the switch flipped like could you notice that you started one season all of a sudden things were clicking or maybe coming a lot smoother than they were the season before like what was it that tangible for you it was absolutely so my senior year in high school I was on a team that there were three division one basketball players and I was kind of the third wheel there and then I got to Villanova 
And I was in the class where they first offered basketball scholarships for the very, very first time. So I thought, well, here's a golden opportunity, you know, brand new program. They're just starting. And halfway through my freshman year, I started to start. And then I was like, wow, I could I could really be part of something here pretty special. And, um, and then that freshman year is when it clicked. So my first start was against St. Joe's, our biggest rival. Um, I still can remember the day like it was like it was yesterday. So probably my freshman year at Villanova was when it hit like this could be a great thing. And, and you know, I had a wonderful time playing there. How did you grow as a player? And we talk about you kind of coming into your own and, and stuff. But how did your game evolve during your playing career? Like if you look at your game sophomore year of high school to junior year at college, obviously you got better. But how did it how did the game grow for you? So, I mean, for me personally, like I was always a good shooter, but I, I decided that, you know, every coach will say, hey, it, you know, you can always use a shooter, but you have to at college level. You have to be able to do a little bit more than that. So I always prided myself on being a really good defender, and I really worked at uh, making sure that I could play really good defense because I knew if I could do that, I would be able to stay more on the floor. And then, you know, of course, even trying to make sure I was working on my ball handling, even though I wasn't a, you know, a point guard. So I tried to make sure that I developed some some other skills um, so that, you know, I would make sure that I was getting time and not just being a one kind of trick pony, which is what, you know, coaches sometimes call somebody that only has one, you know, one uh, thing to live by. Do you feel like you looked at the game kind of like a coach, even as a young player? Absolutely. I always was a student of the game. I always wanted, you know, what kind of defenses should you be playing? What, to, who are you playing? What are their assets? I was always pretty much a student of the game. So you talk about going to Villanova and they had just started giving scholarships and I you were the first to, to receive a full scholarship, the first female student athlete. Am I correct in that? You are. Yep. Um, and then we had a class of four of us that year, that freshman year. So four of us went in, but I was the first one that was offered a scholarship. Thrilled to death. I, Villanova was on my radar. I really wanted to go there. Of course, I was always um, hesitant at first because, you know, were my parents going to be able to afford it? And then when they offered the scholarship it was like a dream come true so it's obviously big the scholarship just in the to your point being able to pay for college did you recognize how kind of how much of a landmark thing this was being the first like because I know a lot of times as a kid you hear stuff okay that's great but it doesn't click like were you cognizant of what you were kind of a part of with that first class I mean not at the time I was just I was just thrilled to be able to you know go there to a school that I wanted to go to I don't think till years later when I realized as the game of women's game started to evolve a little bit too, that, wow, this was really something special to be part of this first class. And then to see, you know, the teams after us and all the success they had, you know, I felt like we were that class, we were part of something, started something that was pretty special. You talked about being a late bloomer. So when Villanova or other colleges start to talk to you, were you surprised? And especially what women's basketball was at that time is not what women's basketball is now. And did you think about playing college basketball? Like, was that something that was completely on your radar? Well, I definitely thought about playing college basketball, but it certainly wasn't like, you know, there was no big recruiting going on. I grew up, you know, in Upper Darby and you, you know, rarely did you look far away to go to college at that time. So my choices were Villanova and St. Joe's. St. Joe's had me down. They, yeah, I was going to be a preferred walk on there. Um, and then I went out and visited Villanova and it was my dream school. And, but it was more expensive than St. 
too. So, um, and then, you know, they offered the scholarship, but, um, at the time at, you know, I will tell you, Phil and Judy Martelli were the reasons I landed up at Villanova. I got to know the two of them through Kathy Rush basketball camps. Judy was the assistant coach at Villanova at the time. Phil came to one of our games. He saw me play and he came up to me after the game and he said, where are you going? And I said, well, I'm looking at Villanova and St. Joe's. And he, and so he said, well, Judy wants to talk to you. And within like a week, I was out there, visited, and they offered me the scout. We just were getting scholarships for the first time. And so it was a very much of a whirlwind week or two there. And, um, you know, I, I, I was just so thrilled that it happened. Were there players, you mentioned Kathy Rush and, you know, obviously that those great Immaculata University teams that won those national titles. Were there players that you kind of uh, patterned your game after that you looked up to growing up? Yeah, you know, I went to a lot of Immaculata games as a kid. There were some really, really great players, you know, there. I think probably the biggest person that I kind of watched, you know, play was Mary Sue Garrity and she was at St. Joe's. Um, and she's become one of their all-time greatest players in history. Um, loved everything about her game. Um, saw a lot of her games in, in college. And then eventually I had to guard her when I was a freshman at Villanova. And it was like I was a little awestruck at the time, to be honest with you. But um, she was a player for sure that, you know, I was really interested in watching and, and following. So the transition to college, did it feel like you had taken a giant step up? when you start playing for Villanova? There was definitely a step up as far as moving from high school, you know, to college, the number of games, um, the number of days that you practice. But we had played so much pickup basketball as kid. We played every single day all the time through high school. And um, so I, I wasn't bothered, you know, by that. But the level of competition, like, had to get used to that for sure. What are some of your favorite memories from your time playing at Villanova? I guess, you know, as far as on the court, um, off the court, obviously, there was a lot of great camaraderie and teammates and, you know, all of that. On the court, if you ask Harry Peretta, who coached me for three of my four years, he still says to this day, one of his biggest moments, we beat Virginia down at Virginia um, in his first or second year of coaching. And I hit the winning shot. And he still tells people constantly that was one of his best moments at Villanova. And he's had 40 years at Villanova. So for him to say that, but I think that was kind of like one of his first huge wins. So he never forgot that. I'm curious. You mentioned Harry Peretta and he was really young when he started coaching at Villanova. I guess you said your sophomore year. Was it tough playing for a coach? I don't want to say tough, but like I would imagine being that close in age to your head coach could present some problems. Was was it something you had to adjust to or was it never really an issue? So he was only three years older than the uh, students in my, you know, my, my players in my class. And I knew him from growing. He grew up in Upper Darby also. So I knew him. And, he, you know, and so when he came in, it was a, definitely a little bit of an adjustment period. And we went from being, you know, not a program that was real serious about basketball to, okay, this is serious, you know, stuff now. But he knew the game for sure. And everybody respected the fact that he knew the game and he turned us around very, very quickly. Um, so there was a lot of respect for that. He always kind of acted older than he was anyway. So I don't, I think, you know, at first people were like, what? Like how he's so young, but... I think that was pretty much forgotten pretty quickly. So you play at Villanova. When did we talked about you looked at the game like through coach's eyes as a player? When do you start to decide that you want to pursue coaching 
in some way as a career? Was that something as soon as your playing days were over, you started to think about it? Did you come away from the game for a little bit and then an opportunity presented? Kind of what's the timeline that got you into coaching? It was actually kind of, I, you, you know, at that time when we graduated, like a lot of basketball players today, they come out and they right away, they think that, hey, I think I want to go into coaching. But back then, I mean, women's basketball wasn't what it was today. So certainly not many players came out and thought, well, I want to coach. So I graduated from Villanova. I got a job in the banking industry and a friend from Havertown called me up and they needed a CYO coach at Annunciation. We want to try this. I said, I've never coached before. And I was only 22 years old. You can do it. And um, after I decided, I told them I would try it. They told me they hadn't won a game in a couple of years. So that was a rude awakening, but I took it on and I loved it. And I turned the program there around. And then, you know, the opportunity came to go to high school. And that's when I, I did finally stop CYO and went to high school. And then once I was doing high school at a pretty good level that I was just, I am sucked in here and I just love everything about it. What was the biggest lesson you had to learn as a young coach? Probably the biggest lesson I had to learn. I mean, I felt like I was okay with X's and O's, but, you know, managing, you know, different personalities, you know, as a young coach, that's, and that's something that, you know, you learn through many years, you know, of coaching is managing all the personalities. I always felt like I wanted to treat my players really well. So I always wanted to make sure that they were there and having fun, but learning the game also. So that was my biggest challenge. And that was just my commitment that I wanted kids to walk away after, you know, I always say, still say this to even to my Newman girls. I say this when it's your senior night, I want you to feel like you're going to cry because you don't want to step away. So that was always, and I, I worked so hard over the years to keep making sure that I was achieving that goal. You played at Villanova, so you played at a high level, and I always ask this of coaches. When you start coaching, was it difficult to have kids that maybe couldn't do things that you took for granted and to learn the patience? Because I would imagine, especially as a young coach, you'd be like, just do it. It's easy. Just do X, Y, and Z. But some kids can't do that. Like, Was that a learning curve for you as a coach, kind of developing that patience that different kids have different levels of skill and stuff like that? Absolutely. So when my first CYO job, I had sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. And you know, some sixth graders had never touched a basketball before. So I've kind of always been a patient person. So that kind of helped in that regard. But I just said, hey, this is not the level you've been at. And you've got to just come, you know, take it down a couple of notches and just be patient with them. But then by the end of the season, when you see that a kid, you know, has made strides, it's just so, um, you know, heartwarming to be able to, you know, know that, you know, you taught them something and that they've responded to you. When you're coaching youngsters like that, what is more rewarding a victory or what you just talked about, like seeing a kid who couldn't dribble with his left hand or couldn't dribble with her left hand. And then a month later they can do it. Like, I'm sure both are satisfying, but are they different types of satisfaction? They are definitely different types of satisfaction. You know, I was very competitive. I always wanted to win every game I've ever coached over however many years I've been coaching here. But it was also very rewarding when a kid could do something or at the end of a season, a kid would say to you, you know, I really liked being in the gym with you. You know, I I learned a lot both on and off the court. That is like, you know, you look back on and you don't remember, like even through my high school, all my high school coaching careers, like I couldn't tell you every record, but I could sure tell you a lot of moments where a kid was very appreciative of the time that I gave them. We need to take a break. We will have more with Newman University head women's basketball coach, Mary Beth McNichol. Right after this, this is one-on-one.
And we are back on one-on-one, continuing our conversation with Mary Beth McNichol, head women's basketball coach at Division Three Newman University in Aston. What is the biggest difference in you as a coach today as opposed to a coach in those early years? And I don't mean the level of competition. I just mean how you approach it. We always say, coaches, that you have to change with the times. And so I've been through a lot of different times where if you don't change, you know, and you're not relating to the kids of the error that you're coaching, you know, you're just not ever going to be successful. So that's always ever evolving. Even now it's ever evolving, you know, especially with stuff like social media, you have to be able to change with the times. And if you don't, then you're not going to have any success at coaching it anymore. So, you know, I found that that's been the biggest challenge, not the levels more so, but making sure you can relate to your players. So you talked about getting to the high school level. You spent more than a quarter century at the Academy of Notre Dame in Villanova, won more than 500 games. What was the the actual road that got you that opportunity? Uh, so their their job came open, and I was actually doing a little AAU coaching, uh, basketball coaching, uh, with the Rebels. And um, one of their parents came to me and said, Notre Dame's looking for a new coach. Are you interested? And I thought, wow, I, I hadn't really given it any thought to move up you know, to the high school level. But I thought, you know what, I, this would probably be a really nice um, opportunity and a challenge. So I interviewed, and fortunately, you know, I got the job. And then once I got there, I, I just loved it. I mean, our teams were pretty good, obviously competitive, but I've coached a lot of really good kids. Um, our, the Interact League was very competitive through my career, really competitive for girls basketball through most of my career. Um, so we had a lot of great games throughout, you know, my tenure there. But once I loved every minute of coaching at Notre, I coached a lot of really great kids, a lot of kids and a lot of good basketball players, but a lot of really good kids. I, I cherished every moment, to be honest with you. How critical was that CYO and that AAU experience for you when you went to get that high school job that you were able, I'm sure, to work through some things before you were kind of on that stage? Oh, yeah, definitely. A little bit of a foundation, mostly the, the AAU, but I was really nervous about starting coaching high school basketball. My husband still reminds me that I told him, I don't think I can do this. And he's like, of course you can do this. 500 wins later, he always reminded me that I said that to him right from the start, that um, I didn't think I could do this. But um, once you got your feet wet, it became pretty much, uh, you, you just ran itself, you know, but um, I always felt like uh, I was still learning, but I felt like I had a good thing going and I had had my act together. Do you remember the first time at Notre Dame when you really felt like you had found your comfort zone? And it might not even be a game or but the, the first moment when you really felt like I'm going to be good. So my first three years there, we were blessed with, you know, some really good player. When like I came into a situation where there was good players already. So I didn't have to build something up. Um, and we won three interact championships, my first, you know, three years there. So my first year, they won the championship. They hadn't won it forever. Amy Willard was one of my best players on that team. They were so excited to, you know, and I thought, wow, I think I can do this, you know? And, um, so those first three years, we won a lot of basketball games. We won three championships. So then it was like, I really can do this. You know, I felt confident after that, for sure. Do you appreciate winning more as a player or as a coach? I think I definitely appreciate more winning as a coach um, because, you know, as a player, you just go out, you play your game. Obviously, it's a team game. But as a coach, 
you have so many things to manage. And I think every, you know, when you get responses from players and, you know, you go out, you win just a game or you win a whole, you know, season, a championship, it's really rewarding because I know how much work it takes to be a coach. Um, So I think that is the most rewarding thing in the world. So we mentioned you won more than 500 games at Notre Dame league championships. You had so many kids go off to division one. At what point did you first take stock of what you were building and had had built there? When did you really was there a moment when you first looked and go, wow, we're we're really doing something special here? Yeah, probably like a halfway through my career there. I mean, after we had, you know, had a lot of, you know, the biggest descendant kids to play college basketball. I was so fortunate to have so many good players, but then going out and seeing those players then play at the collegiate level. I went to a lot of college games through my career there, making sure I saw every kid I ever coached, tried to get to their senior nights in college. That in itself was really rewarding. And I thought, well, once, and once the program was good, you know, it attracts other good players to be honest with you. Um, and I, it was nice to know that kids wanted to come play there because they knew we had something good going. How difficult, you mentioned you had that success right off the, the top. When you kind of are winning like that, how difficult is maintaining success? Because I've talked to some coaches who say a lot of times that's even harder than having the success in the first place. Yeah, we, I mean, we had early success and then there was always going to be bumps on the road. You know, you lose five great players all at one time. So there were some up and downs along there. For me to win that early just uh, like helped me as a coach to know that I can really do this. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm and now I was hooked. So, um, and, but there were some down years along the way, obviously, um, you know, you're not always going to, you know, have great teams every single, every single year, but we were always able to build it back up again. So that was, you know, extremely rewarding. What are some games from your your years as a high school coach that, that stick out when you think about that time? at Notre Dame. Are there a few games that just come right to the front when you start thinking of memories? Right away, every you know, I, I can still remember, I'm not going to be able to come up with the year, but Maria DiDonata, who was the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame's history, she was a senior, and we beat Carroll and O'Hara that year, and they were both pretty good basketball teams, and they, of course, have been traditionally very good basketball programs, and we had beat them both that year. And that, you know, the whole, every kid, uh, you know, in the program, was super excited to be able to do that. So that was probably one of the most exciting times um, for us. And we beat Carol on a buzzer beater. So I still have a film of that. And, you know, I've watched it a few times over the years. As you have gone on in your career, has how you define success changed? Definitely. It's definitely changed, you know, for me. Obviously, you know, any competitive coach wants to win every single game they've ever coached. But we're also trying, it's, that's how it is. It, you know, I'm trying to make sure that, you know, you're building a program where everybody is all in and that they walk away and they know that the experience has been the best experience for them that they could ever have. So that's what I continue to strive to do. I want to see, we want to win, obviously especially at the college level. But I also want kids walking away. And as I said this, I say to my, still say it to them. I want you to walk away your senior year. And I want you to say, you want almost to be crying. Like I'm, I'm leaving something that I really, really enjoyed. So I think you're getting ready for your sixth season at Newman. I'm curious, you had such a program at Notre Dame. Was it a situation where you were looking for a new challenge or did an opportunity come and you started to think, well, wouldn't it be interesting to try the college game? What, what kind of brings you 
to Newman? So, uh, you know, I had been obviously 27 years at Notre Dame and then the Newman job opens up and I had two daughters who went to Newman and I knew what the community was like. And um, I thought, wow, if I'm ever going to do it, this is the time to do it. And I had some really regrets along the way at not moving up to the collegiate level. I had a young family that kind of held it off. And I thought, well, let me just throw my hat in and see, you know, see what happens. And fortunate enough that Newman, you know, took a chance on me and I was thrilled to death. And now that I'm in the college level, I loved every minute of my high school career, coaching career. But I love coaching at the college level. I love coaching at the, you know, this competitive level. And um, I'm so glad I made the move. What was the biggest adjustment to becoming a college coach? Probably the, the biggest adjustment was, I mean, I was always used to doing all the, you know, the little things. Probably the biggest adjustment was the travel. Obviously, in high school, you're, you know, short trips. But, you know, some of our, you know, rides are three and four hours. Uh, and I think, you know, that weighs on both players and coaching staffs. I, and I think that was the biggest adjustment. I really, I felt like when I went into Newman, I felt like I could, I was ready to do the coaching at that level. But I, I felt like, all, and managing all the pieces, you know. So like, well, what are the pieces? First of all, that was my biggest challenge. What are all the, what do I have to do as a division three coach? I had the high school thing down, but what do I have to do as a college coach? You know, um, and then probably the biggest thing off the court was managing the travel. What are some of your favorite memories so far from your time at Newman? So we, you know, we're, we're hoping this year is, I'm hoping this year is going to be our biggest um, thing going forward. Right now, you know, my first two years, we had some success and then that COVID, you know, COVID really put a hard time on division, you know, three schools. So we had a little blip on the screen there. You know, um, um, unfortunately we have not won a championship, but we're really excited about moving forward here because we have all of our pieces back from last year. So right now that's probably my biggest thing is our expectations for this season are really, really high. I'm curious when you start at Newman, because you had had such success and you had built such a program and you mentioned 27 years, and that's an extraordinarily long time at one place. Just how we year did it feel the first year at Newman to just be kind of starting over because I don't anybody that's been at a job where you've had success and, and been for a long time you get there's a comfort level you know what to expect just what was it like that first year to kind of be starting something new it was it was definitely a very weird feeling um you know first of all you have to you know how what does it take to you know run a college basketball program we had one of the leading scorers in the country on the team so managing all of that there was a lot of attention I think she finished second in the nation in scoring and so she was a senior so this was her kind of going out party. Um, so managing all of that, but, um, I was so happy to be there, but it was, it was always going to be, you know, this is a wonderful learning experience. And I just, but I, I always like, kind of felt like, should I pinch myself here? Like, am I really at the college level? But, you know, after that first year, I felt really comfortable. What is your favorite part of coaching? Is it practice? Is it 10 minutes before the game starts? Like you just maybe have the butterflies and getting ready, you know, or is it, in the locker room after a big win. If you had to pick like the favorite part of being a coach, is there anything that would be at the top of the list? Yeah. I mean, I love practice. I love the detail of practice. I love teaching at practice, but there's nothing better than to be able to walk into a locker room, you know, after a big win. And we've had our share of those over the last few years. I've had kids that are really excited after a big win. And I have a wonderful coaching staff at Newman right now. I have four assistants. They're all female. They are all Newman graduates. They all played basketball at Newman. 
movement. I'm really proud of that. I, and I say that um, I toot their horns all the time um, for them to all come back and give. And for the five of us to walk into a locker room and the kids are so excited after a big win and they're giving back to the school that they loved. It, it really means that that is the, the epitome of coaching for me. And one of your daughters is on your staff. Am I correct? Correct. Yep. Mm -hmm. Casey. Yep. Casey is my assistant coach. She's a twin. Her twin is the head coach at Springfield High School in Delaware County. How cool is it specifically to be able to share the coaching experience with her, like on this intimate level to be on the same staff? It, it's, it really is something special. Um, she's a really good coach. She's been a longtime coach in the Comets AAU organization. Um, she just finished her 19th season with them, and she's coached a lot of really good players there. She's got, she was um, Division II at the University of Sciences with Jackie Hartzell for a couple of years. So she's, she knows the game. She knows how to treat kids. Um, so, but it's really exciting that we're there together and sharing this. Is there any kind of a balancing act where the mother daughter relationship is challenged by the head coach assistant coach relationship at all? Have there been any challenges over the years when you guys have been working together? There have not been a lot of challenges over the years for us, but we do walk, um, gingerly because, you know, we just making sure that we act as professionals and not as a mother daughter, but we are very cognizant of that and, um, make sure that we, you know, separate the mom daughter thing away from the coaching and assistant coaching thing. So with the daughters coaching, I know your husband's coaching are, is conversation in the McNichol house dominated by basketball, or do you guys work to not talk as much shop as maybe you were, if you just all enjoyed watching the game and stuff like that? No, there's a lot of talk about basketball in our household. My daughter's a high school coach. My other daughter's my assistant. My son has coached at the Narbeth League over the years. My husband was a longtime coach. He just hasn't coached for the last few years. But there's a lot of basketball talk. There's a lot of, you know, drawing on napkins with plays and salt shakers and pepper shakers. And, and we, we love every minute of it. So we're a sports family. We're huge Eagles fans. My daughter-in-law works for the Philadelphia Eagles, so um, it's all sports pretty much with our family. We mentioned early on that you were a part of that class, the first female student-athletes at Villanova Scholarship, and you were the first one to, to get offered. What has it been like over the course of your career to see women's sports, but specifically women's basketball, just absolutely explode on multiple fronts, be it quality of play, where you can find it, the professional level, the fact that it's on TV constantly, the fact that we now see talking head sport shows on ESPN arguing about women's basketball. Like it has come so far. What has it been like to see that over your career? It's been, it has, you know, over it's changed every year over the years, obviously just keeps getting better and better. But over the last few years, it has just, it's exploded. It's so exciting to watch such good basketball, you know, good people. Um, I'm, I'm always like, you know, we always say, oh, you know, does people say to me all the time, do you feel like you, I said, no, I mean, no, we were a product of our time. And, but I'm so happy for these athletes for all the opportunities they get, you know, you, we go back to, you know, you go back to Villanova and look at the, where they're playing and their locker room. I mean, and we just shake our heads, but Hey, you know, I'm happy that maybe we were, I always go with the view that, Hey, maybe we were the ones that got this started for them. And just so happy that the game has evolved. And it's just ex really exciting for all the teams and all the players. Was there a moment when you first realized how big things had gotten? Like you were watching TV and, and highlights came up of the game. And you're like, wow, I, I don't know that I've ever seen 
that on Sports Center or something like that. Was there one or a few moments through your career where you kind of realized like how this growth was happening? I mean, I, you know, definitely. I mean, I go to college games all through, you know, going to watch ex players play. And then all of a sudden there's all these people in the stands, which was so much more than obviously when, when I had played. Um, but even like in the last year, just watching like a Caitlin Clark, who I really was fascinated with and just the exposure that she got, you know, over the course of this year, it, it was astounding to be honest with you, but I, I love saying it, you know, I, I, I watch as much as I possibly can, which isn't all that much with our schedule, but you know, it's been really exciting. Mary Beth McNichol. Thanks so much for taking the time. This was great. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me tonight. And that will do it for this week's episode. Want to thank Newman University head women's basketball coach Mary Beth McNichol for being our guest this week. Now, if you like the show, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor, leave us a rating and a review. You can follow the show on Twitter at one on one pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Matt Leon 1060. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to check us out again next week when we bring you another conversation with someone you should know more about.